And so today I want to talk essentially about, last week we looked at, uh, what's the value in wisdom? Uh, and so the this, this proverb said, in Proverbs chapter 3 of last week, basically said that wisdom is of more value than silver, gold, jewel, uh, uh, jewels, rubies. Uh, basically, uh, Solomon said last week that um, wisdom is the most uh, valuable thing that you can have. And he compared it to uh, material worth and material goods. And then the second thing that he said about wisdom is he said, it's not only of, of, of most value, but he also said it's really the only thing that brings you peace, that brings you shalom, that brings you life. And so today I want to look at how do we, uh, how do we get wisdom? Proverbs 19.8 uh, says this, He who gets wisdom loves himself. Uh, Proverbs 4.7 says, The beginning of wisdom is this, Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Now, we defined wisdom last week as the ability to make the right choice in a complex world. So, so wisdom, just simply defined, is the ability to make the right choice in a complex world. Now, I would add to that, if you were going to kind of expand that out, it, it would be this. It would be the ability to make the, the right God-honoring, Christ-exalting choice in a complex world. Because that's what we want to do. We want to make God-honoring, Christ-exalting choices in a complex world. Now, would anybody disagree with me uh, that we live in a complex world? Right? I mean, if, if anything, the last uh, four to five months has taught us that we're in an extremely complex world. Like, how do, we, how do we navigate this complexity in a way that honors God and exalts Christ? And so I want to talk about that uh, today. How do we, I love how he says it, get wisdom. So how do we get wisdom? How, how, how do we do that? Now listen, um, one of the things I just want to preference before we dive into it is wisdom is more than information, right? So we live, think about the time we live in. In your hand, if you have a cell phone, right? In your hand, unless it's a flip phone, which I have mad respect for. If that's what you have, I have massive respect. But, but most likely you probably have a smartphone. And you have more access to information than anyone in the history of our world has ever had. Do you not? We have more information at our hands than anyone has ever had in the history, right? You can access right now more information than, than anybody could. I mean, from a, from a, I just think about from a standpoint as a, as a pastor, I have more access to theological information than any pastor, any theologian that's ever lived on my phone. I have a program on my phone. I can just pull up a whole lot. I can pull up 10,000 resources right there. And it's the same with everything. And, and the question we have to ask ourselves, is more information creating wiser people? Right? Like, it, is more information making our life better? Is it making us as followers of Christ better followers of Christ? Is more information doing that? So it's not about information, right? I mean, it, misinformation runs rampant right now. Right? I mean, my, I mean it's like... Um, uh, it, it's just, it's kind of all over the place. It's like bots are controlling social media. All, all, all media is so polarized now. It's all political. Like it, it's, it's just all this information. And so how do we get wisdom? Wisdom is more than information. Okay, first thing, I got to move along uh, a bit faster than I'm going. Okay, number one, first thing we have to do, again, this is in your notes. We must recognize our place. To get godly wisdom, we must recognize our place. A couple of scriptures here 
uh, Proverbs 1, 7, it says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Proverbs 9, 10, the, the first characteristic you all know is fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Psalms 1, uh, 11, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We have it in Psalms, uh, Proverbs 31, 30. The interesting thing about Proverbs is it begins saying that wisdom starts with fear and it ends with saying wisdom starts with fear. Uh, Proverbs 31, 30, that's traditional like Proverbs 31 woman. Uh, it says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. So even in the beginning, Job 28, 28, he said to mankind, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. So the beginning, so what our scriptures tell us is that the beginning of wisdom is fear of God. Now, what does that, what, like, what does that mean? Because you, you may hear that and you think like um, fire brimstone preaching, you know, like coming down, like angry God. Like sometimes that's kind of the view of God that we have. So what does that mean? Well, I, I'm not sure that that's what the scriptures mean. Um, I would say this, that uh, I'll, I'll kind of give you this statement and then we'll work out of this statement. Um, fear of God which is what the scriptures say is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of God, or you could even say reverence for God, is a launching pad to a path of wisdom. So if you, if you were to say to me, I want to be someone full of wisdom, I want to, be, uh, I want to have wisdom that's God-honoring and Christ-exalting, I would say to you that the, if, you, if that's the track that you want to be on, the beginning of that, what you have to have is a fear of God. You have to have a right perspective of yourself and a right perspective of God. Now, I would classify three things under fear of God. So like three categories under fear of God. Again, they're in your notes so that you have them. I think these three things you have to understand in order to have a proper fear of God. This is what I think means to have a fear of God. First thing, the first thing you have to understand is that we are sinners in need of salvation. So what does it mean to fear God? That we are sinners in need of salvation. So someone who's full of wisdom understands what? The reality of sin. That our world is broken. That, that people are sinful. That people are broken. Like you cannot be a wise person if you don't acknowledge that people are sinful. That are born into sin. You, you can't. You can't be a wise person if you don't acknowledge that. And, and I listen, all people are created in the image of God. All people have value. Listen, you put me on the front line for all people have value. I will, I will fight for that. I, I will make sure of that, right? I, I believe that's the way of Jesus. But the other reality is, is that we're all born into sin. If, if you don't believe me, right, uh, you, can, you can go to any daycare, any nursery, right? Come to my house, you know? Like that is our, that's our reality, that we're simple broken people. So to fear God is to recognize that, that sinners are in need of salvation. Number two thing that you have to grasp is salvation is a work of God. So someone who is full of wisdom, of, of God honoring Christ exalting wisdom would say that salvation is necessary. And, and, and I think at a, at a very primal level, I think all people recognize that. I think some of the reasons that, that we act foolish, that maybe your friends act foolish or, or anybody that's in your close proximity acts foolish and gives themselves over to things 
that they think are going to satisfy them, I think that's a, I think that's a salvation thing. I think they think that this thing will fill them and satisfy them. It's a, it's a, we, we would call it in theology, it's so basically the study, it's soteriology. It's basically the study of salvation. So someone who's fear of God, who's going to have godly wisdom, is going to recognize the sin nature of man and woman, sinners in need of a savior. They're going to recognize that salvation is a work of God. And then the third thing that you have to recognize is that God is sovereign over all. He's over all. He is sovereignly in control. One of the things right now that's bringing me great peace, and we, um, we were looking at this uh, in our staff meeting this past week, but, but one of the things that's been kind of calming my soul in this season is this picture, this idea, and we see it in Ephesians, but um, this idea of, of God and Jesus seated at the throne in complete control, not stressed out, not freaking out, in complete control. And so those who have godly wisdom are people who fear God. And what does it mean to fear God? It means that we believe that sinners are in need of salvation, that salvation is a work of God, and that God is sovereign over all. And so listen to me, I want you to hear this. Worldly wisdom, worldly wisdom is a form of wisdom, but it is a wisdom that is not fully formed. Did you hear that? So worldly wisdom is a form of wisdom, not saying it doesn't exist, but, but worldly wisdom is a form of wisdom, but it is a wisdom that is not fully formed. Now, we talked about last week that wisdom is working along the grain of God's good created order. So it's like when you work with wood, you got to work with the grain. This is what we said about godly wisdom. When you don't believe these three things, sinners in need of salvation, uh, salvation as a work of God, and God is sovereign over all things. When you don't believe these things, you are working against the grain of God's created order. You can't be a, a, a person full of wisdom, someone who's full of godly, Christ-exalting wisdom. You can have a form of wisdom, but not, not the full wisdom. So let me, because think about this. Think about how this, um, how this influences every, every, like just decisions as you think about it, right? So um, think about someone who you know that that's, you would say is wise, someone that's wise. Now, let me give you these three categories again. So someone that's wise knows what? They know a sin nature. Morgan's like Kenny. All right, so uh, we're in the park. This is interaction time. This is, this is, this is what we're doing right now. Um, th- think about this. Someone who's wise. The, the wisest people I know, they understand that people are broken. Don't they? Like, they're not surprised by sin. They're, they're not surprised by the, the human capacity for evil. This is a wise person. They, they get the reality of sin. Like they, they understand that. Th- think about this, salvation is a work of God, right? Someone who's wise does what? They're not trying to, uh, they're, not, they're not living their life trying to force salvation on people as if they're the one who does that work. Right now, they're sharing the gospel. They're faithfully living the way of Jesus. They're showing hospitality to one another. They're, they're talking about the Bible. They're, they're praying. They're fasting. They're doing all these things. But a wise person's not forcing salvation on someone. They're, they're not, um, they're not uh, just, just trying to kind of just work that. No, they understand, okay, salvation's the work of God. I'll do as Jesus said. I'll faithfully sow the seeds and, and then trust that the Spirit will bring salvation. Uh, third thing, um, this idea that God is 
sovereign, right, that he's sovereign over this process, a, a godly, um, God-honoring, Christ-exalting person who, who has wisdom in their life, right? They're a person whose anxiety doesn't run rampant in their life. Is that not true? Like they, they know God is in control. They, they know Jesus is seated at the right hand. They're not stressed out. They know he's sovereign. They're, they're, they're patient with people because they know God's in control. They know he's in that. See, see how this works itself out in all of these kind of various categories? To have godly wisdom to, is to fear God and to fear God is to see sinners in need of salvation, salvation as a work of God, and God as sovereign over all things. Okay, so the first thing that we, we have to um, recognize is our place. Someone who is, is full of godly wisdom is someone by default who understands that they're not uh, full of wisdom. Does that make sense? Like they're a person who knows, hey, I have a uh, understanding and knowledge and I can practice some wisdom, but ultimately... Ultimately, the only wise one is God. He's the only perfect one. And, and so chances are, if you think you're full of wisdom, you're probably not full of wisdom. It's kind of tricky that way. Okay, so we, first thing, we gotta know our place. Second thing, second thing is we must learn to receive God's word. We must learn to receive God's word. I, I, I want you to hear this um, this morning. Um, the most trustworthy words are God's words. They are. They're the most consistent. And, and I said this earlier, gosh, we live in a, in a culture of, of misinformation, right? I mean, uh, this recent season is a perfect example of, of misinformation, manipulation. I mean, you, you, just about, you just about can't trust anything that you, that you see out there. I mean, you, it's, it's almost like everything that, that you, everything that you read is like, okay, I got to check that, double check that, triple check that. I need to call my, you know, my mom, my doctor, you know, I need to call whoever, you know, you're just like, I need to figure out if this is real actual information or if this is pushed from something else. That's the culture that we operate in. Do you know the only information that you can truly trust, the only words that you can truly trust are God's words. And so if we're gonna be people that are full of wisdom, we gotta be people who know God's word. And listen, if you haven't sent, spent this season in the last five to six months or so that we've been walking in this, it's not an option, like, it's not an option to say, I'm going to be formed or I'm not going to be formed. You are going to be formed by something. Some type of information, some type of vehicle is going to form you. And so the choice that we have before us is what will form us. Will it be God's word that we can trust or will it be, be other things that we tend to expose ourselves to? Will, will it be the cultural like norms? that Will these be the things that, that form us? Listen, I'm in it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the sites, I'm, on, uh, I'm, I'm reading the books, I'm listening to the podcast, I'm, I'm there. I'm not, not in a monastery at my house chanting and praying all day and fasting. Like I'm, I'm in the culture with you. I'm, I'm there, I'm, I'm not on TikTok, but I'm working towards it. 
if it sells to Microsoft. And so I'm, I'm there. But we have to decide what we're going to allow to form us. Will it be what we trust or don't trust? Listen, um, listen what Psalm 119 says, verse 98. Again, you have this in your notes, but your command makes me wiser than my enemies. Psalm 19:7. The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. Deuteronomy 4. Five and six. Look, I have taught you statues and ordinances as the Lord my God has commanded me so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to possess. So God's people are about to possess the land and listen what, what he says. Verse six, carefully follow them for this will show your wisdom and understanding in the eyes of the people. So how will the people know that God's people are wise and that they are truly God's people. How would they know? That they're following the commands, the statues, and the ordinances of God. That's how they'll know. They'll say, those people are God's people. Well, how do we know? Well, they live according to God's word. He's forming them right now. Colossians 3, 16, Paul says this, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, in all wisdom. 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17. And, and you know that from infancy, you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to do what? Which are able to give you wisdom. Since, since infancy, you've known them and they do what? They give you wisdom. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, this is Jesus speaking, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, they will be like what? They will be like a wise man or woman who built his house on the rock. So he says, you, Jesus says, you want to have a house that's on the rock, that is stable, right? Does anybody want stability right now? Yeah. Right? I mean, give me the house on the rock. But because the house on anything else will not hold up. It won't. He says, if you want a house on the rock, if you want that, then, then hear these words of mine. And don't just hear these words of mine, but act on them. Act on them. So we have to learn to receive the Word of God. Listen, God does not want you to be a more informed person. He wants you to be a wiser person. Let me say it again. Like, God doesn't want us collectively. He doesn't simply want us to be a more informed people. He wants us to be a wiser people. I, I, I learned this quickly as soon as I got into seminary and into Bible school, right? In my master's program. You know what I learned pretty quickly? That more information alone, that's why I think all these things work together, more information alone doesn't make you a wiser person. I learned that quickly in seminary because my classmates, like I, I kind of quickly picked up on that. And so he doesn't want you to be a more informed person as much as he wants you to be 
uh, a more wiser person. And, and this, is, this is what I mean, because the, the scriptures have a unique, they do a unique work on the soul. Like they inform you on how to live. Do they not? Like they help you make complex decisions. Uh, they make you help good decisions in a complex world. Do they not? The scriptures do. Absolutely. But listen to what Hebrews 4, 12 also says about the word, about scripture. It has a unique work. So listen. For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation. Listen to how, where this goes. Penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's more than information. Like, I, I'm not a doctor. Like, I get real queasy. Like, if I even think about bones, it makes me want to pass out. But I would imagine, I would imagine something that cuts through bone into, into the marrow, that's a, that's a deep level of getting into something. And the writer of Hebrews says, this is what the word does. It convicts. It rebukes. It corrects. It creates something inside of you that you would not otherwise be without it. But, but it, doesn't, it doesn't work alone. It doesn't work alone. So we have to recognize our place. We have to learn to receive the word of God. And then final two thoughts here, uh, and then I'm done. So about five minutes or so. We must, this is so important. We must find ourselves with those who practice wisdom. We must find ourselves in the company of those who practice wisdom. I mean, the power of who you surround yourself with is, it, is, is I think, one of the most important things that you can, you can grasp. So if you want to be a fool, find yourself with fools. It, it, listen, if you want to simply stay in your lane from a maturity standpoint, Stay with people in your lane with a mature, from a maturity standpoint. If you want to grow in wisdom, grow in godliness, then, then you need to find people that will help you do what? Level up. You, you got to get around white, godly people. Now, I'm, not, I'm, all for, I'm all for like hanging out with, with, your, with your peers, hanging out with people that are at the same maturity level with you. I think those are all really good things. But I also think that we have to do the, the good work of surrounding ourselves with people that push us and that, that question us and that try and stretch us and, and do this work. Listen, Psalm uh, 1, 1, talking about the power of people, the psalmist says this, how happy is the one who does not what? Who does not trust the word, who does not die daily to themselves, who does not fast, who does not go to church. Is that what he says? No, he says, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Now, what is he saying there? He's talking about the power, the power of the company that you surround yourself with. So if you want to be a wise person, find some wise people to get around. Now, I'll also say this, because I do want to preference this. In my life, my own personal life, I have, I have gained a ton of wisdom from guys that I've never met and from women that I've never met. 
Like I, I have what I would call um, like mentors and pastors from afar. Do you have these? You have these people from afar that have shaped you in significant ways, right? So I have like a, um, Eugene Peterson, uh, J.I. Packer, George Mueller. Like the, these are all guys that I've, I've never met before, but have impacted me in a significant way. I mean, George Mueller had a prayer life that was like, it makes me embarrassed about my prayer life. Like I, I read his book, Delighted in God, and, and his autobiography, and I'm like, I'm embarrassed. Like it may, I'm weeping when I read it about how he prays and how he trays. He's like, God, we have no food on the table. A guy knocks on the door and he's like, hey, uh, our trailer with milk and meat just broke down. Do you need some? Like I'm embarrassed by his prayer life. J.I. Packer, his book, Knowing God, J.I. Packer, um, he passed away this, uh, this, this, um, just a couple of months ago. 2020 sucks. All right, so uh, just a couple of months ago, he passed away. His book, Knowing God, uh, shaped me from a theological standpoint like, like no other book. It was shaping for me. Eugene Peterson, uh, he wrote the message. Maybe you've heard of that. He wrote it for his church, his congregation. Uh, but he also, his uh, biography, uh, his autobiography called The Pastor, um, gave me a language for spirituality that I didn't know before. And gave me a, a beauty in what God's created in the way that he's communicated to us. These are all people who've done what? They've helped me be wiser. They've shaped me and I, and I haven't even met them. I haven't met them. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be people physically. Uh, it can be people from afar. Okay, final thought here. And then I'm going to pray and uh, we'll be done. So we have to know our place. We must learn to receive God's word. We must find ourselves in the company of those who practice wisdom. And then the final thing is we must ask for wisdom. See, here's the incredible thing about God. He wants to give you wisdom. Like wisdom wants to give herself to you. James 1.5. I, I feel like I need to say, like this got a little bit of a different than the other ones, but I feel like I need to say this. This is James 1.5. This is what he says. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should do what? He should try harder, meditate more. No, no, he says, now if any of you lacks wisdom, he should do what? He should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be what? It will be given to him. And, and so maybe you're here and you're like, God, I want to be wise. I, I want to be able to make the right choices, the, the, the God-honoring, Christ-exalting choices in a complex world. Like, does anybody, is anybody with me on that? Like, that's how you want to live, Right? Right here, I'm almost done. You guys are doing so good. I know there's everything. There's bicycles and kids and puppies and squirrels. L listen, I, I want to be able to make great choices in a complex world. And, and if that's where you're at, the scripture says, like we can do these things, but the scripture also says to ask him and he'll give it to you. I wanna close with this J.I. Packer quote. I think this is beautiful. Um, because this is more than just information. This is what J.I. Packer says. I'm going to pray for us. Thus, the kind of wisdom that God wants to give to those who ask him is a wisdom that binds us to himself. It binds us to himself. Uh, a wisdom 
a wisdom that will find expression in a spirit of faith and in a life of faithfulness. So what's the wisdom that God wants to give? It's a wisdom that binds us to himself, that makes us more faithful people, that, that makes us a people who, who we say walk in the way of Jesus. And, and so how do we get wisdom? Well, I think we ask for it. And, and then we take the necessary steps to be formed in a way that's healthy.